0: Shadrach Meshach Lockridge preached a very moving sermon many years ago called That's My King. The sermon is filled with descriptions of who Jesus is and the importance of knowing Him. Here are a few excerpts. The Bible says, He's the King of the Jews. He's the King of Israel. He's the King of Righteousness. He's the King of Ages. He's the King of Heaven. He's the King of Glory. He's the King of Kings. And He is the Lord of Lords. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's August. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, I wonder if you know him. Do you know him? Why wouldn't we want to follow him? After knowing Jesus through the new birth, why wouldn't we want to be disciples who make disciples by gathering, growing, giving, and going with the gospel, all for the glory of God? Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street, and when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. We're in a series we're calling Discipleship Matters. Listen now to part one of a message called, Follow Jesus by Obeying Him. We
1: summarized the last two sermons this way. This is a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. After the sermon last weekend, an Edgewood member told me about the lead story in the most recent Voice of the Martyrs magazine. The title is The Crosses We Must Choose for Ourselves. It's a great follow-up to our topic last weekend they, meaning persecuted Christians, face a daily temptation to avoid suffering. How, how, what's their temptation to avoid suffering? Silence and inactivity. And it's important to admit that we face the same temptation. Cross-bearing is not a discipleship topic for Christians somewhere else. By the way, Voice of the Martyrs is one of our Go team partners, so when we give either online or through, uh, physically through our checks, uh, part of that Offering goes to support our Go Team partners. Voice of the Martyrs is one of those. And we're going to be hosting a simulcast VOM conference right here on Friday, March 5th. And it's going to feature three individuals who've been imprisoned for Christ. I invite you to come to that. Well, we've been considering the call to discipleship. We fleshed out three of the four conditions of discipleship: desire, denial, death. And today we're going to investigate the importance of devotion. Here's the phrase: three words, and follow me. Listen to Luke 9:23 again, being reminded that these are the words of Jesus. And he said to all, which would include us, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Our main idea is this, a disciple is one who follows Jesus no matter what. Well, let's start. Look at the word and that indicates a continuous from the con- continuance from the conditional clauses we've already addressed. It could also be translated as also. So after desiring, denying self, dying to self, there's one more condition. The words of Jesus, follow me and follow me. Well, let's take these in reverse order. While the demands of discipleship are difficult, the key is to focus on the word me, meaning he, as in Jesus. So listen, when we consider the invincibility of Christ, when we consider his irresistible call on our lives, we'll want our desires to line up with his. We'll gladly deny ourselves, we'll joyfully take up our cross daily, and we'll be intent on following him. And so we begin with the word me because we need to know who it is that is calling us to follow Here are four pictures of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, very first verse of the New Testament, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's loaded. Jesus, that name means Savior. He came to save us from our sins. The word, the title Christ, that's the word Messiah or the promised one of the Old Testament. Son of David, he's from the kingly line of David. Son of Abraham, his genealogy goes all the way back to Abraham, the father of God's people. If you've been following the Edgewood Bible reading plan this week, you would have finished reading about Abraham from Genesis. Other pictures from the first chapters of Matthew include this. Jesus is fully human, and he's fully divine. He's sovereign over the wise, and he's shepherd of the weak. He's the king and the righteous judge. He is filled with God's spirit and loved by God the Father. He's the light of the world and the hope for all nations. Now, let's go turn to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. So we considered the first verse of Matthew, first verse of the New Testament. Now let's go to the last book, and let me just walk us through Revelation chapter 1, we see the name Jesus Christ. Incidentally, there are over 35 names and titles of Jesus found in the book of Revelation. Here are 10 from chapter 1. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, ruler of the kings of the earth, Alpha and Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the all mighty, the son of man, the first and the last, and the living one who died. So when Jesus calls us to follow him, let's consider the weight and the wonder of the one who is speaking. And when we do, we'll see that he and he alone is worthy of all glory, along with our total abandonment and our supreme adoration we cannot be half-hearted or ho-hum about our holiness when the holy God in the flesh is saying follow me in a very challenging sermon called follow me David Platt says this once you come in contact with the God of the universe in the flesh the Savior, King of the nations, the light of the world, and he reaches down into your dead, cold heart, and he saves you from the clutches of your sin, and he gives you new life, things are going to look different. When you respond to this me, when you follow this Christ, everything changes about your life. To leave behind, lay down, abandon everything in your life makes no sense until you realize who Jesus is. But when you realize who he is, when you realize who Christ the King is, laying down, leaving behind, and abandoning everything is the only thing that makes sense. This past week, I watched and listened to that sermon by David Platt, and I wept through it. If you'd like to listen, watch that yourself. It's posted on our Sermon Extras tab on our website or app. So that's the word me. Now let's look at the word follow. The word follow comes from the prefix indicating union, along with the word path, road, or journey. So it literally means to walk the same road with, and it's in the present imperative, meaning we're to keep on constantly continually following him so when jesus said follow me it's an invitation he's saying join me in my path my journey and if we choose to follow it means we're all about going where he goes because he's the leader and it means doing what he says we should do because he is lord We could say it like this, hear and do the will of the one who goes ahead of us. One pastor offers this helpful word picture, the chart of the true disciple directs him to renounce every path of his own choosing that he may put his feet into the print of his leader's footstep. Notice the personal aspect of this. Jesus said, follow me. It's all about a relationship with the Savior. It's not a system of rules or even rituals. Discipleship is relationship where we're invited to be close to him, to obey his teachings, to take the same path he takes and to walk the same road he walked. Interestingly, it was not common for a rabbi back then to call people to follow him. Here's how it normally worked. People who were pupils or students, they wanted to be be apprentices, they wanted to learn from a rabbi, they would pick a rabbi they wanted to hang out with. Would you note here, that's not how this works. Jesus is the one who's calling people to follow him. And his call is to deny self, to take up our cross daily and follow him. That's what the disciples did. Without hesitation, it's what we're to do today. Related to this, this is an interesting thought. Jesus never came up to somebody and said, Accept me. No, he said, Follow me. Now, unfortunately, some of us are like the guy described in this poem by Dan Atkins. It was written from the perspective of a man expressing his commitment to a woman, and I guess it's appropriate on Valentine's Day. It goes like this The guy says, I would climb the highest mountain, swim the deepest ocean too. I would crawl the hottest desert, I'd do anything for you. I would leap the tallest building, I'd bear any trial or pain. There's no limit to my love, and I'll be over Friday night if it don't rain. (laughs) You know, a disciple is one who follows Jesus no matter what, whether it rains or snows or it's below zero. See, the words we use are important. There's certainly nothing wrong with saying titles or phrases like this, I'm a Christian. Well, that word is from the book of Acts. I'm a believer, or even I'm a Baptist. I've been trying to identify myself a little bit differently. Here's how I've been doing it, and I don't say it all the time, but I'm striving to, and perhaps you'd like to join me in this. I'm a follower of Christ. And when I have discussions with somebody wanting to have gospel conversations, I have found if I ask them if they're a Christian, most of the time they say yes. So I've been asking it differently. I've been asking, are you a follower of Jesus? And on Friday, we had somebody fixing something in our home, and we were having a conversation about spiritual matters and the Bible, and it seemed to me that he thought he was good to go until I asked him this question. I said, are you a follower of Christ? He paused, became a little awkward, and he said, I don't know what that means, which led into a gospel conversation. Also, when I'm speaking to a true Christ follower, often I will ask this question, how long have you been following Christ? A couple months ago, I read the four gospels, and I discovered the word follow is used 18 times. And so we're going to walk through these passages to see that following Jesus was never meant to be casual. I'll put it up on the screen as well because we'll fly through this, but I want us to just get the force of these passages. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Notice, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Matthew 9, verse 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew, also known as Levi, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me and he rose and followed him. Matthew chapter 19, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Matthew 19 verse 27 and 28, then Peter said in reply, see, we've left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there and he came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. Mark 10, 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them and they were amazed and those who followed were afraid. And taking the 12 again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him. Okay, now book of Luke, gospel of Luke, Luke chapter five, verse 11. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Luke chapter 9, 57 through 62, we read these words. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Notice Jesus' answer. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air, well, they have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, let's head over to John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, so this would be John the Baptist, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God, the two disciples, these would be disciples of John, heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. John: 143, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, "Follow me." By the way, that captures the first half of our definition of discipleship. A disciple is a believer who lovingly follows Jesus. So that's what Philip is demonstrating here. If you continue to read verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. Well, that really describes the second half of our discipleship definition. So Philip is following Jesus, and he's intentionally helping Nathanael to do the same and intentionally helps others Follow him. Now, during this series, perhaps you've been stirred maybe in one of two ways. Maybe here's the first way you're like, man, I need to get serious about following Jesus and I need some help. I want someone to disciple me. Or perhaps you're on the other side and you're like, man, I've been walking with Jesus for many years and I believe that God's prompting me to disciple someone, to come alongside a newer believer, and to help them grow. Wherever you are, or maybe you're in the middle on that spectrum, I invite you to an exploratory meeting. That'll be held on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Oh, there's a few more. John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they what? Well, they follow. That's what sheep do. John twelve twenty six. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And then John chapter twenty one. So Peter has denied Jesus three times. Jesus has now been raised from the dead. He's on a beach, and he has a conversation with Peter, and he restores him to ministry. And then he explains how Peter's going to die. And then he says these words, verse 19, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter looked around after that. He noticed John. John was there. And so he asked Jesus what plans he had for John. Aren't we like that? Yeah, we, we say, well, what about him? What about her? But once again, Jesus puts Peter in his place. Would you listen to what Jesus said? If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you, you follow me. Friends, this is so personal. Jesus looks at each of us individually and he says, you, no matter what anybody else is doing, you follow me. Here's the other thing I think about. Here's Peter who has denied Jesus three times and he's not DQ'd because of that. Jesus goes out of the way to restore him. Three times he says, feed my sheep. And then now he gives the call again to follow me. There's one other thought related to that Jesus' first spoken words to Peter were, follow me. And the last recorded words of Jesus on earth to Peter, follow me. That's that's the invitation that we have today. A disciple is one who follows Jesus no matter what. I appreciated David Platt's summary of what it means to follow Christ, to follow Jesus, is to live with radical abandonment for his glory, to live with joyful dependence on his grace, to live with faithful adherence to his person, and to live with urgent obedience to his mission. It's easy to add Jesus like we add friends on Facebook. It's much more difficult to be a full-fledged Follower. Jesus is not an app that we just add to our life. No, because he's Lord, he wants our whole life. And so are you today, right where you're at, listening, engaging online, or right here, are you willing to renounce every person, possession, and especially yourself in order to follow Christ? Will you put your faith in over your family, over anything else that has had first place in your life, is there anything right now if you were honest you 'd say yes, this one thing, this one habit, this one sin, this one activity, this one relationship is keeping me from being 100% fo- a hundred percent a follower of christ luke fourteen thirty three words of Jesus so therefore any one of you who does not renounce All that he has cannot be my disciple.
0: A disciple is one who follows Jesus no matter what. Is that an accurate picture of your life right now? If not, what is he asking you to confess? In what ways is he asking you to obey him? Thanks for joining us for On Mission. If you'd like to hear more sermons like this one or want to learn more about the ministry of Edgewood, Go to edgewoodbaptist.net or download our free mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play by searching for Edgewood QC. We'd love to have you as a guest at one of our three weekend services, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 1045. My name is Matt Williams and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island, Illinois.